Blog Talk Radio. That is correct. You are listening to MMA Sucker Radio on MMAcanada.net and, of course, MMAsucker.com. And to the left of me, I have our producer extraordinaire, my new little sidekick, my little Robin to me, Batman. That is Mr. Jeremy Brand. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. Ready to get home and eat some uh, fabulous turkey. That's right. Thanksgiving here in Canada. So you people in the States that are listening right now, I know you're getting yours in about a month's time. But here in Canada, we are uh, we got plates of food in front of us, and we are very thankful to be eating. Hopefully, some of you in Canada who are listening are sitting at your table listening to us while you're eating turkey. And I know our other special guest co-host comes on the show all the time, at least you know two or three times, so we can say that all the time now. Uh, he's with MMACanada.net, Mr. David Stanford. Thank you for joining us, and thank you uh, for stepping away from your Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, that's okay, man. Make sure I had my plate before I got on. Nice, nice. we got a, uh, a pretty wicked show going on today. We've been advertising it for the last week or so, like we always do, but we've had a bit of a, a pretty good response. And, uh, and she's also technically, I mean, well, she has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, this past week for, for a bunch of things we'll get into. But we have uh, UFC ring girl Ariane Celeste. That's right, Ariane. Woo-hoo! I guess I could say now Playboy model. Playboy, Playboy Bunny. Cover model. Cover model. Playboy Bunny joining us. Uh, she's going to be on the line here in about 10 minutes. So we'll get to her. We're also going to be talking to Ragin' Cajun Johnson from MFC. Uh, some really cool things happening with him. He's doing a blog on our website uh, called Diary of a Fighter. He has another one coming, hopefully, in the next couple of days. Uh, he was just in Las Vegas uh, training with Extreme Couture and those guys there. He's got a lot of great stories. We're going to talk to him for a little bit. Uh, we, also, we, have, we have Nam Fan coming on to do his tough minute. Yep, he's going to give us, well, probably more than a minute, but hopefully. a couple minutes. He's just gonna, we're going to talk a little tough, what happened in the last episode, get his thoughts on his good buddy and uh, our correspondent uh, here at MMASucka.com. Andy Main. Who's speaking, been, speaking of Andy Main, yeah, his his tough blog has been getting a a bit of a response on uh, the YouTube comments. People are trashing him and whatnot. So if you're listening and you loved Andy's video blogs and you loved what he was doing, get on there and show him some love because he responds to each and every one of them. Yeah, you know, and people who get on there and write negative shit, I mean, that keyboard warriors drive me absolutely crazy. I mean, it doesn't matter what sort of form you go to. Uh, whether it be the underground or Sure Dog or wherever, um, there's always those 
it's almost like they have an, a right of a sense of entitlement, I guess you could say, to just bash people. I, I hate people like that. Anyway. They're all black belts on the keyboard. So. Oh, absolutely. And we're just, you know, I'm a white belt, so I just, sorry. Um, David, uh, last night, I guess, we had um, Strike Force going on in San Jose. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that at all? Uh, believe it or not, I did. Uh, if there's one comment I could uh, make on Strike Force in Canada is these guys need to really get their distribution together because uh, broadcasting solely on Super Channel, uh, which for non-Canadian listeners is like a premium channel that you have to order onto your package, is uh, just idiotic because a lot of people don't get a chance to see the fight strictly because of that. Um, but, yeah, I did see him. Uh, somewhat disappointing night, of course, uh, seeing Sarah Kaufman uh, get armbarred there in the third and lose her title. But, you know, full respect to Marlo Conan for, uh, you know, keeping her wits on the ground and pulling out a pretty slick submission. Um, and, yeah, really enjoyed the Nunes-Diaz fight. Uh, you know, Nick tried to take it to the ground a couple times and got Maybe. it there once. It didn't really work. And uh, it was a nice striking battle. So, yeah, really enjoyed the fights. How about you guys? No, I see. I'm going to disagree with you on the Diaz Nunes fight, man. I didn't enjoy that at all. I, 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 you know, I have nothing against boxing, and I understand it's part of the game, but I just felt that they spent five rounds exchanging punches, and it wasn't. I, you know, I don't think Nick Diaz had any intent of taking it to the ground. I mean, I know he kind of tried a lazy shot uh, a couple times, but uh, you know, I just listening to him after the fight saying, "Hey, you know, I wanted to show that I could box with a boxer," and I'm just, you know, okay, fine, you know. I, the biggest thing that I, the funniest thing I had with the whole Strike Force card, and and I am a big Marl Ronaldo fan. Uh, I, we're gonna have him on the show here soon, hopefully. Um, but last night, I don't know if Moro was drinking before. He, it was not one of his finer play-by-play uh, play. hairdo and all. I mean, I've never seen Moro with slick back hair and a beard like he had. Yeah. <laughs> Shave before the well, show, buddy. David, I mean, oh, the hyperbole. The hyperbole was off the charts. You yeah. know, they're, uh, when they had Gilbert Melendez on there, they're talking about Josh Thompson, Jay-Z, and Gilbert being three of the top five lightweights in the world. And don't get yeah. me wrong, these guys are definitely, uh, you know, Gilbert, you know, top five, I'll give them that. Um, but, you know, just trying to make uh, the division sound a lot deeper and stronger than it actually is. And no disrespect to Josh or Jay-Z, great fighters, but um, when you look at the UFC's lightweight uh, contingent, you know, it's night and day. Um, and yeah. so to try and promote it as if they're the top in the world, I thought that was kind of a bit laughable. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get into a little bit more strike force later on the show here. Um, but we do have our special guest joining us right now. She is a, I guess, UFC ring girl, but I am going to now say Playboy Bunny, uh, Playboy model, Ariane Celeste. Mm-hmm. Are you there, hon? Thank you for joining I'm, us. I'm here. Hi. How are Perfect. you guys? Oh, we're awesome. We're awesome. We were just talking a little bit of Strike Force, and we're going to get into a little bit of uh, sort of what you're doing lately, as well as uh, your career in uh, the UFC. Um, just want to say right now, it's Thanksgiving in Canada, and everybody who's listening right across Canada right now is very thankful to have you on. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> so let, let's let's get right into this because I mean you have quite an interesting career. You're you're a UFC ring girl. You've done some other modeling as well. Um, on your website, it mentions uh, you started modeling at four months, uh, at about four months as soon as you were a baby. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. Um, my mom threw me into it, and uh, that's how it all started. I, I really started working uh, more as a model when I was, like, 16. 
I did my first photo shoot when I was 15, so then it went from there. Just little Vegas jobs here and there. So. Yeah, yeah. You were born on November 12th in Las Vegas. So what was your childhood like, you know, growing up in, in, in Vegas? Um, it was pretty normal. Uh, we lived like 25, 30 minutes from the strip, so it was just normal living, you know. And then as I got older is when I really started to notice, yeah, I live in Vegas and there's a lot to do. There's, you know, started going to the clubs uh, at an early age. But um, I did have a fake ID, but I just I hardly ever used it, which was silly. I just wanted to have one, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I had one too, so. Yeah. <laughs> We're also joined here by David Stanford from MMACanada.net. Uh, David, throw a, throw a question at Ariane. Well, I'm just curious. Uh, you've started doing uh, the UFC Insider show now, and that's sort of branching out from your traditional uh, octagon duties. Are you enjoying it? Am I enjoying the show, hosting it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I've always been really interested in stuff like that, and um, – you know, I went to them with an idea a while back, and they didn't bite on it. But um, this time, they came to me and were like, we want you to host this show. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, I was uh, super excited and something that I've always wanted to do. And um, I'm I'm learning every day, like, more and more how to be on the camera and stuff. And my first day, I was really nervous. But um, I think I'm getting better at it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. Awesome, awesome. That, did, I got to ask you. You were talking about how you, you, you know, you had a fake ID when you're you were younger and whatnot. Did you get asked a lot? Did you get asked out a lot in high school at all? Um, yeah, you know, I got asked out, but I always had a boyfriend, so yeah. Um, I I tend to put guys in the friend zone a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. in high school and now, I guess too. See, I hate um, that. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I hated that. You know, good-looking woman. You know. Let's hang out with it. Well, let's just be friends. Let's just be friends. Yeah, I did a couple times. And let's clear the air now because, uh, you know, come November, you're going to have a lot of potential suitors that are going to think that or know of you that maybe never saw you before. Um, are you currently dating anyone? Um, I'm happy. That's all I'm going to say. I don't really talk about stuff like that, but, yeah. Well, hey, gotcha. hey, that's awesome. I'm happy too. So that's <laughs> thank happy you. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been no you, details you, about that anytime soon. I well, would skip no, those but questions. we but we had to ask, otherwise we would have people, you know, tomorrow. Yeah, or, I like to keep saying, the part private. Yeah. Well, I mean, good. no one wants to know even if I was dating someone or not. No one really wants to know that, right? No, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. you've been a UFC. Uh, three years now, give or take. Uh, how did that all come to pass? How did you, you know, did you audition? Did they just call you up, or what was up? Yeah, I was, uh, I was twenty, yeah, twenty-one when they called me. I was going to school full time and um, just doing modeling jobs here and there. And and my agent asked me to go to this casting for UFC, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And uh, and I went, I met Dana and Craig Basari and uh, tried on the outfit, did the audition, which was basically just to walk in their room and say hi. <laughs> and um, uh, they called me back to do it, and I did my first show. And, you know, I was just looking for a paycheck and, you know, some spending money. So 
I didn't think that it would turn into what it did, you know. So it was it was cool. Did you have any reservations about doing it at all? Um, I'm kind of more shy, reserved, I guess, kind of when mm-hmm. I first, you know, meet someone and being in front of like tons of people. And then you add on top of that, you're in a bathing suit. So it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get used to at first, but um, now it's it's cool. I'm used to it by now, and I it's it's fun. What has this uh, career been like for you? Like, what what are some of the hard parts of the job? Well, um, let's see. The harder parts to deal with, I guess, is you know always being in tip top shape. You don't really have time to uh, to not look good. So a lot of people are like, oh, I have to get ready for beach season. And that's, like, my life throughout the year. So, um, you know, keeping in shape all the time. And uh, also, you know, being a quote-unquote ring girl, you get stereotyped a lot. And that that kind of stuff is uh, annoying more than anything and hard to deal with, I guess. But um, the haters, the talk on the Internet, all that kind of stuff that I like to avoid. But Yeah. um, yeah, that's that's about it. Everything else is great. I mean, I've gotten to travel the world, and, you know, I'm really young, and I've seen a lot of different places and seen a lot of different cultures, and I'm very um, blessed in, in that way. And I've seen a, some amazing fights. got to say that, too. I was just going to say, from, uh, from the time that you started working to, you know, now, what have you, I mean, you must have learned a lot about the sport. Did you know a lot about the sport going in first? And, and how much have you learned over the last uh, few years? Uh, when I started, I didn't know much. I knew that it was on TV and I was like, it was something I was, I was kind of scared to watch because I, I'd seen my friends watch it and I'm like, oh, I was just too, I was not into it at all. And then I started working for them and, uh, to know, you know, the ways of the shows and behind the scenes. And uh, I noticed that it was a huge deal with these people and then how much the athletes put into actually going in and uh, fighting. It was pretty admirable. So I got into it more and uh, started training just to keep in shape. And, you know, now I'm really into it. I love watching it. Well, uh, I'm curious. You said when you started working uh, for the UFC, you were in school. So I take it you left school. Um, what were you studying, and do you ever plan on going back and finishing that up? Uh, yeah, I was studying fitness management and nutrition. Um, I originally wanted to be a physical therapist and work with uh, athletes. But um, as I got into the UFC, it was just, you know, it took over, and I started traveling way too much. So it was just not possible to go to school and do do this at the same time. So I decided to take some time off. And I, I always have the option to go back. I love school, and I love learning. So, you know, it's always in the back of my mind. So we'll see what happens. I read that uh, you uh, you like to kickbox. Are you still doing that? Um, yes, I do it a couple times a week and something that I enjoy and it, I like to incorporate in the week. 
um, mm-hmm. in my workouts just to like switch it up because I'll do cardio and weights and all that. But then, right. you know, sometimes it's great to just take a kickboxing class and take out your stress and mm-hmm. uh, try something different, you know. Yeah, because I was going well, to say. Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever tried a jiu-jitsu class? I've tried one, and it was just not for me. It was too much of a chess game, and I just, uh, I don't know. When I'm working out, I like to get in my zone and not have to think about anything, you know. So it was just too much thinking. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. I'm doing that right now. I'm uh, I'm taking jujitsu, and I, I know. And the thing is, it's such a big learning curve. And even though you get in yeah. great shape, uh, it's it's such a big learning curve, and it's very frustrating. And I think if you're going to go and work out and learn something, something like boxing or kickboxing is a little bit, you know, easier to take on. I mean, there's a lot of technique involved, but it's probably a little bit easier to yeah. take on, especially when you like you were saying, you like to incorporate it into your workout. So. Yeah, I think it's a it's a big commitment, and if I do something, I want to do it right. And mm-hmm. jujitsu is just not up my alley. I would wouldn't want to spend all that time to learn it <laughs> because I yeah. like to do things perfect. I'm a perfectionist, so. Yeah. Okay, well you've you've been in uh, in countless magazines like HM Maxim. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how long did it take for you to decide to give Playboy a chance? Because I mean that is a, a, a to jump up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, I mean, how long did you decide? I mean, I, I mean, I can't imagine for myself, if, if I was a woman, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, that would be very nerve-wracking to me. It would really have to be something I would have to really think about for a while. Did you put a lot of thought into that, or was it something you kind of always wanted to do? Um, it was always in the back of my mind. And um, in actually in 08, I was offered to test and to test to be a playmate but um at that time I just you know I wasn't ready and uh mentally or physically I think I, I wanted to work a lot on my body and my tone and my curves and everything so um I just I decided to wait and then um in you know this year is when I got the call and got the opportunity and I just decided the time was right and I, I'm confident enough to do this and it's a huge step but um, I discussed with my mom before and had her you know she's very nervous but I got her approval so she's really all that matters and I went for it <laughs> and like I said I, I like to do things right and I'm a perfectionist so if I'm going to be on a big time magazine like that uh, I'm going to be on the cover, <laughs> not just right. inside. And what was so that's why I waited. Yeah, and and you know that's great. I mean, it's you know it sounds like you you took some time into it and and made it and did about went about it the right way. Um, what yeah. was that What was that experience like for you? It was actually really comfortable. I went to the shoot. Um, there was about ten to fifteen crew members. It was a four-day shoot no three days and um there was the crew everywhere and I was I was perfectly fine running around naked it's kind of weird but I had a friend there so um it was easier to get through but um it actually was the best shoot I've been on so far Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good like Maxim I was really um really uncomfortable I was freezing they had me go in the water and it was kind of like hell trying to get through that um that shoot just because it was so cold 
uh, on the beach. It was like 40 degrees. I don't know what that is in in Canada, but um, cold. Fahrenheit. <laughs> so, yeah, it was cold, um, but Playboy was much better. I mean, not saying anything about the company, but um, yeah. as far as everything, they were just perfect. Very yeah, professional. Yeah, are you really happy? You've, you've seen the finished product, and are you really happy with the way everything turned out and the pictures look? Yes, um, I really love the pictures that they published. Um, I wanted mine to be different and, and not so much playmate, you know. Uh, so we did a more of like a glamour look. So it was really cool instead awesome. of like the girls next door type thing. Yeah. Which I think I I do a lot of the girl next door girls next door look, which is mm. I I just wanted to um, get away from that for a second and do it more sexy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When when you're doing the octagon uh, girl routine, I mean, I think of uh, like are there different personalities being more to be more girl in terms of the way you relate the camera? I can't hear what you just said. They- David, you're breaking oh. up. You're breaking up. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'll speak up for you. Um, like when you're out there, uh, you know, circling the octagon and relating to the camera and to the people in the crowd, um, are there different personalities for, you know, the ring girls to pull out, you know, to be maybe more sassy or more girl next door, more vixen-like? Um, I think we just go with the flow and go with however we're feeling. And sometimes we're a lot more giddy and we want to, you know, play with the camera a little more, but um, for the most part, it just comes naturally, whatever we're thinking. Um, we're just there, you know, for the guys and hopefully they go home happy, you know, saying, oh, she looked at me and waved or whatever, to, just to make their night, you know, even better. The, the whole UFC experience. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna I I gotta get to this. Um, I personally haven't seen the photos. I've heard that they're uh, they were leaked, unfortunately leaked online. And obviously we ran that story on our site. Um, uh-huh. You had you had made some 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 remarks on Twitter of how, how disappointed you are. Um, just give us a little uh-huh. bit of an explanation of sort of um, when you found that out and and sort of how pissed off actually you were. <laughs> Um, I found out on that Friday morning on my friends from Twitter. So I I looked it up and I saw that they had taken pictures of pictures. So it made me really upset because I was excited for my fans that subscribed to Playboy for them to see it firsthand there and then to go pick it up. But then when I saw it online, it was like kind of like a slap in the face. And, you know, I've done a lot for a lot of these websites and I, I try to be very accommodable you know I, I like to help them out by doing their interviews and whatnot and yep. then for them to do that was a complete slap in the face because you know it's just wrong and um, you know I, I made a phone call to a couple people and it was taken care of but still it's all over the internet still so I was, I'm not happy about that but you know you can't really stop what happens on the internet nowadays but uh, I just wish that wouldn't have happened yeah it's really unfortunate when I heard about it because I mean you're right I mean you're in the issue you work really hard you've worked hard to get to that point um, you do a great photo shoot from what I hear 
Um, it's coming out in November, and, and everyone looks forward to it, and then someone decides to take a picture of the picture. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it, it didn't, like, it came from the inside, too. Like, it wasn't just a spam that, that sent and I think it was, like, someone that worked for that company. So mm. it was just very upsetting, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, I personally am going to wait till November to see it, but from what I hear, you look amazing. Um, Thank you. You're, yeah, you're, you were talking about your mom and getting her blasting. At you. <laughs> when you first told her, what was her reaction? She's like, oh, man, Nani, I don't know about that. And um, I'm like, Mom, I promise you, uh, anything that I do, I will always be able to show you in pride with pride. And I promise to never embarrass you or, or not be able to show you something that I do. So she just she took my word for it, and uh, and she was fine. Cause she she knows me. I won't ever do anything that uh, she doesn't approve of. So excellent. Well, you're listening to Ariana Celeste here on MMASucker.com and MMACanada.net here on MMA Sucker Radio. Just a couple more questions for you, Ariani, before we let you go. I, I want to get away from the Playboy stuff, and I want to actually ask you, because, I mean, you, you've obviously become a pretty big fight fan in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have been some of your, your favorite fights, and what are some of the fights you're looking forward to? Well, I always look forward to Anderson Silva's fight because, um, you know, he's an incredible fighter, and his last fight showed that he, you know, he is the champ, but, you know, he can also be, anyone can be beat in this sport. So um, he's one of my favorite fighters, and I'm glad he won his last fight, but I want to see him really bring it in the next fight he's in. And uh, also the Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez fight that's coming up, I'm super excited for because I love watching Brock fight, and I know that Cain Velasquez is a beast, and I can't wait to see that one. And I'm kind of leaning towards Kane because of the whole, because he would break records. You know, he'd be the first heavyweight champion, Mexican champ, champion. So I really want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what was, uh, if you could have any fight that you've seen firsthand uh, mm-hmm. as your all-time favorite, what what would it be? Probably the hardest question you could ever ask me. I, I can't <laughs> put a finger on that one. There's no, too you, many. You, yeah, you probably have seen so many, you probably enjoyed a lot. But um you know I want I love first the up, ones that just keep going. Like Stefan Bonner, he he just keeps going, keeps going. There's always blood, there's always action. Um Clay Guida is another favorite. There's still mm-hmm. guys that really bring it, you know? Guys who don't stop, who just keep throwing. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, definitely. Can you even pick like? Can you even okay. pick one fight that? Can you even pick one fight that for you that sitting uh, there and seeing was like the the greatest fight you ever saw? He okay. Uh, <laughs> that's You're making it tough, David. You're making it tough. Uh-huh. Yeah. David, I'm I really throw that question don't think at... I can. There's yeah, too David, many. how come I throw that question at you? What's the greatest fight that you've ever seen? Yeah, let's hear yours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd even say most recently. Most recently, um, I was literally sort of breathless after the Sylvan uh, Sun and fight. Um, that that fight literally rocked my world. Like, uh, yeah. My greatest pickups of all time. You know, it was just wow. Just done me. Yeah. 
Yeah. I felt the same way when I was watching that one. I was literally jumping out of my seat watching that one. So those are the kinds that that I look forward to. You know, I I don't like the safe fighting. The guys that go in, they're they're just going for the win. You know, I like to see them go for it. Mm -hmm. Well, Ariane, I want to thank you for joining us today. We've ran short of time here. Uh, it's been an honor to interview you. Uh, we've got a lot of listeners listening right now and uh, a lot of comments. Uh, I want to wish you all the luck in your uh, future endeavors, and uh, we'd love to have Thank you on you. again. And we would, we're definitely looking forward to uh, November. I think that's when everybody should be looking to see her pick in November. Thank you. And look for my music single at the end of this year. It's coming out. Perfect, coming. perfect. Well, before we uh, let you go, Ariane, uh, can you give us, uh, this is Ariane Celeste, and you're listening to MMASucka.com. Or sorry, listening to MMA yeah. Sucker Radio, actually. Let's do that. MMA Sucker Radio. Okay. Hey, I'm Ariane Celeste, and you're listening to MMA. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, need a glass. I need a drink of water real quick. I need a drink, too. <laughs> um, all right, ready. Hey, I'm Ariane Celeste, and you're listening to MMA Sucker Radio. Thank you very much, Ariani, and we appreciate having you on, and we will talk to you thank again you. soon. All right, thank send you. me the email and I'll, or the Twitter or whatever, and I'll uh, retweet it whenever it goes on. Absolutely. Thank you for your support. Okay. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Bye. Ariani Celeste joining us here on MMA Sucker Radio on MMASucker.com and MMACanada.com. Net man, I I need a drink right now. I'm really butchering that. Yeah, everyone take a take a drink break. Yeah, yeah, drink break. We are actually joined now. We're gonna do a little uh, tough recap, and we're actually joined by. Uh, well, you know what? I'm gonna let my producer introduce him because uh, you know I feel like he's just sitting here in the corner doing nothing. Jeremy? Well, I, I, oh, I know what he's doing. I am, yeah. I am doing nothing. But, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, we're joined by our, our newest correspondent for the Ultimate Fighter 12. We're going to be calling this Nam Fans Tough Minute. Hopefully it's longer than a minute. But here we go. Welcome, Nam. Hey, how you guys doing, guys? Thanks for having me back. Good, brother. Good. How are you? Doing good. Always good. Always a pleasure. Hey, we, uh, we just had Ariane Celeste, so you're, uh, you're up next. <laughs> All right. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Ariane uh, Celeste. Nice, nice. Yeah, so you've got a lot to live up to here now, okay? You're not doing any Playboy shooting or anything, are you? Oh, wow. oh, so sorry, guys. I can't hear you guys. I want to go to the right now. But... Well, I just asked you, Nam, and I hope to God you're not. You're not posing naked for anything, are you? Nam, oh. it looks like you're breaking up on us, dude. Uh, we'll get you to call in again. Um, David, hey, you know what? While we kind of work out our technical issues with Nam Fan. Uh, <laughs> kind of an interesting interview with, with Ariane and just, she seems very direct. She knows what she's she's doing. This is what she does for a living. It's kind of an interesting living, do you not think? Oh, man, I can't even imagine, uh, you know, getting getting to get paid uh, to, you know, I, Look good. I'm sure she gets paid very well to just, uh, you know, be at the shows, have great seats, and in between rounds, walk around, and everyone, round two, you know, wow. Uh, that's one of the best jobs going, I think. Yeah, you know, I would even do that job if I got to see UFC fights every month. Well, we wouldn't want to see it, is, but eh? you would do it. <laughs> yeah, I well, would probably do is, it. It's, 
it's not an easy job. Eh? I see countless, uh, you know, uh, smaller shows where, uh, you know, they'll get girls that have never done this before or, um, you know, maybe they have and I'm just not into it, but they don't put out the love to the crowd. And whether yeah. it's uh, WEC or UFC, any of the girls there, um, like just the way they play the camera and the audience at home, you know, they uh, make they make uh, the personal touch uh, come across very strongly for the company, <laughs> and it's a really great marketing tool. Eh? You know, it makes yeah. a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Well, they become spokesmen of the company, for sure, for sure. Just uh, just like uh, Nam Fan here is a spokesman for Tough here on MMA Sucker Radio. Nam, uh, we got you back here. You're having some phone issues. Yeah, yeah, right here, guys. No worries, man. No worries. I, I was just asking you because you were coming off uh, after Ariane Celeste. There's no naked photos online that we should be worried about, is there? No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> okay. Not that, not that you know of, I guess. Yeah. Not that I, not that I know. <laughs> okay. Well, man, that, let's get right into it, man. We watched the last episode of Tough. Uh, your boy Andy, or our boy Andy Main, uh, unfortunately lost. Um, <sighs> You know, that's, that's a tough loss. He's still going to be doing their vlogs, video vlogs for us. Uh, he's going to uh, still giving us updates. Um, you know, yeah. there's still a chance that he could end up back on the show uh, through the wild card or, or even just fighting at, on the finale. Just your thoughts on on Andy Main's fight. Yeah, man. We, uh, you know, I love Andy Main. He, he's, he's one of my – he's one of the guys I got along with very well on my own team. I didn't, I didn't get along with my team that well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the game plan was to stand up and try to knock Kyle Watson out. Because we knew that um, Kyle Watson's stand-up was um, successful. And um, uh, we thought that Andy Hughes would play a big factor in, in the in this fight. And if we were to do submissions on our back, it was only to, it to get up. We would do submissions to have react, to both space to get up, sweep to get up, just try to get up on top and or try to knock him out but um but um yeah it, it didn't go according to plan yeah well josh josh koscheck was pretty upset after that fight because you know he had said that you know in some ways andy didn't follow the game plan but is it tough sometimes when you're in there and maybe josh koscheck should know this as well but sometimes when you have a game plan you go in there it, it sometimes changes quite quickly does it not yeah, for, I want to I want to defend Josh Cash real quick. You know he, he 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 he's when someone loses, you know we lost three in a row. He he never got mad um, that any of us lost. He never yelled at us that we mm-hmm. lost. But I think in Andy's case, in, in Andy's case, he he never you know gave Andy heat that he lost. What mm-hmm. he was upset about was that he didn't listen. To, you mm-hmm. know, just to get up, get up, get off your back, get off your back. Don't teach the submission if it's not there. You know, and Andy, you know, he has very, like I said in the interview, you know, he's tapped me out, and I consider myself pretty good, you know, I'm black belt, pretty good jiu-jitsu guy, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he's very good, he's very crafty off his back, but, you know, I don't, you know, Andy even said to 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 me, like, you know, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, and what I want to do is I, I, I chase submission. I want I, I want to sweep, I want to do, I want to do jiu-jitsu when I fight. And my thought on that is that, I don't care if you're a jiu-jitsu guy. I don't care if you're a wrestler. I don't care if you're a boxer. You got to do what is necessary to win this fight. And if you're losing off your back, you must be intelligent. You must adapt to the situation and, you know, do what you have to do to uh, win this fight. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't there. We, we watched the fight, and ob- it was obvious that he, he wasn't uh, following the game plan. Um, what was the most disappointing part of that fight for you the most? Like, what, was, what was one part of, the, uh, of his fight that um, you kind of just shook your head? Uh, the most um, part was that we practiced getting off our back so much, and I, we saw a lot of opportunities where Andy could have got off his back. I think you guys can see it too. Sometimes Kyle Watson gives him space, there's a space between Kyle Watson and the wall, and there's a lot of space, and I think Andy could have just easily just popped up from there. But, you know, I think Andy uh, was very confident, maybe, you know, too too too, good, too confident of his own good. You know, he got off his back, you know, and it cost him the fight. How discouraging was it, to say at this point, of, uh, when you were on tough, now that you're down 3 nothing? how discouraging was it for the team? Were you guys pretty distraught, or was there still a positive attitude? Mm, I mean, there's always a somewhat a positive attitude somewhere, but, I mean, we, you know, I mean, because something is having fun, so no matter what, you got to keep your head up because you don't know when you're fighting. But the morale of the, the team has shot down tremendously. Three in a row, we're... All of us are very depressed, you know. Like, mm-hmm. man, like, we're losing hope over here. But, um, and, <laughs> yeah. man, yeah, it's not good. We we need to win quick. Yeah, and, and you know, it would be nice to see you get a win just to make it, you know, a little more interesting. Uh, what is you, <laughs> I mean, from from the show here, what what has been the most, in your mind, what has been sort of the difference in coaching between St. Pierre and Kostchik. Is there that big of a difference? Is it just unfortunate? Because the fights have been pretty close. They've been pretty competitive. Yeah, I don't, I think, I mean, really, I don't think that um, the coaching is that much different. You know, I, how much can you really learn in six weeks? Yeah. You know, but um, I like the way Kostchik, you know, coaches, because it's similar to how I train, you know. Mm-hmm. Um when you guys get ready for a fight, you don't want to learn new stuff and try to execute new stuff in a fight. What you want to do is you know, what you have, make it better and make it efficient for you to use in the case. You don't, you know, you make it from what, what's from, what's familiar to you. You don't want to make something new and unfamiliar and try to execute it in a fight, and that's not a good idea. It's about repetition, muscle memory, over and over and over and over again. You know, I, that's why I... I uh, I like Josh Koscik, a.k.a.'s um, system, their style of training very much. It, it worked very well for me. And we saw Josh Koscik actually kind of, uh, you know, talking to St. Pierre. This is the first time we actually saw them dialogue a bit. And, you know, what kind of, go- what kind of bothered me about that is Koscik seems like that guy in high school that was a big athletic jock and just didn't give a crap about anybody or, you know, like to pick on the nerdy guys, you know what I mean? Were you afraid of those guys? Yes, I was. Those are the guys that used to beat me up. Um, but, <laughs> but, but you know, we saw some interaction there, and it just didn't seem to face St. Pierre. He's just kind of almost kind of nervous about it, but saying, you know what, I'll just do my talking in the octagon. Um, but Josh is still trying. He's still trying to get under uh, St. Pierre's skin. Um, for me, I think, for, for me, from how I saw it, was more a strategic, uh, a strategic way of getting underneath uh, George St. Pierre's skin, rather than just to bully him and, and feel better about himself. Uh, from what I saw, from what I can tell um, of Kostek, from what I my experience is that he's a very competitive person, and he'll try to beat you and get the upper hand any way he can. As in, he'll try to he'll train hard 
harder than his opponent will, okay, to get him physically fit and ready to prepare for this fight, and honestly try to beat you mentally. Like, that's why he will tease you, keep your mind unfocused off training to, um, to, um, to, to penetrate your defenses. And Koscheck, you know, um, people don't give him enough credit, but he's, he's a lot smarter than people give, give, give him credit for. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, Nam, I mean, how much, I mean, a little bit of teasing, fine. You know, it makes the show interesting. I mean, really, though, I mean, aren't you just putting gas, and we talked about this last week, are you not just putting gasoline on the fire, though? Oh, he, he definitely is. And, and yeah. Is, is, is he, that he, a smart I mean, thing, though? He, 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 I mean, I, it, I, I think, I mean, I think it's unnecessary. I, would, I, I don't need to do that, but for Kostik, you know, I think for him, he you know he wants to win in any way possible, and that's 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 him. Uh, yeah, I'll give it to him, man. He's a competitor, and you know he was kind of funny there. I mean, I yeah, I mean you was... know what? I, I I would not go out of my way to uh, to to uh, talk someone and to uh, get that far messing their brain. I mean, it's I mean, bottom line, it's very it's very strategic, you know, nonetheless. But um, oh, when I was there, guys. It's very boring. It's no, there's no entertainment. And for me, Kostik <laughs> doing that, it made the time pass by. It, it, it's, it's, I, it's very, I thought it was hilarious. Did, you know, did, Kos, did Kostik actually uh, uh, stuff his pants, those, those short shorts he was wearing? Did, did he actually stuff them? Uh, did he uh, actually stuff them? I, don't, I didn't pay attention to that part <laughs> of um, I didn't, I, 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 I didn't remember him. Wait, yeah. I, don't, I, I didn't pay attention to that area. Yeah, okay. Oh, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. It just looked like he was having some fun there. And, and for him to say to St. Pierre that uh, you enjoy guys looking at you in those and, and Pierre saying no. I, I, thought that, I thought that was pretty funny. I, yeah. It's funny how JSP reacts that way. It makes it more funny, I think, because he's trying to keep it composure. But I think JSP wants to come on the F you, F you, guys, I'll accept <laughs> I can see him on the first. Yeah, yeah, it comes out of French, you know. I mean, you know, the his car. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, and you know what? I'm sure Koshek will be up to other things as well as this, as this series goes on. And uh, we're we're definitely looking forward to your next fight. Now we're gonna we're gonna have to cut this short because we've got our next guest coming on here pretty shortly. But. I appreciate you coming on and giving us your take on, on sort of the last episode, and we'd love to have you on again next week. Please, please. Guys, uh, MMA Suck, I have a, t- a quick tip for you guys. Do yes. not miss next week's episode. Hint, hint. All right. There you had it. <laughs> Nam Fan yeah, telling yeah. everybody, do not miss next week's tough episode. We definitely won't, and we definitely won't miss you next week either because we'll have you on again to talk about it. Yes, thank you very much, MMA Sucker, and uh, thank you very much for the support, and go to www.imnam.com for more information on myself. Thank you, everybody. All right, thanks a lot, Nam. Bye, guys. See you guys later. Nam Fan uh, from the Tough series, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> David, you're kind of left in, now you're left in the corner doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe you're not watching the show, dude. I know last week you said you don't enjoy it, but I, I got to tell you, it's St. Pierre. It makes it interesting. I, I really believe that. Yeah, and, and I can't even say I don't enjoy it, right? Because really, you know, I only watched it for a short little spurt, you know, during its first season. Uh, but just because Nam said that, I'm going to go out of my way and make a point and watch. 
Well, good thing you didn't uh, you didn't watch it last week because there was a bit of douchebaggery going on that kind of gave fighters a bit of a bad name with you know Bruce Leroy getting yeah. in some of their faces and you know there's always personalities on this show though and guys like that but uh, you know next week maybe you should tune in okay. Yeah, well, it, and because of last week, uh, I was actually homesick a couple of days this week, so I watched Jersey Shore. Oh, that okay. has got to okay. be... Dude, okay, first off, before you give comment on Jersey Shore, you're not watching tough because of your reasons, okay? I respect that. But you'll sit down for two days and watch Jersey Shore? Are you fucking... I didn't watch it for two days. I watched it's it for 40 minutes of my time? life. I, I want the 40 minutes back. No kidding. But that aside, no, um, I, yeah, blew my mind. I knew those guys in high school. They, we called them Genos or Chachis. I guess they call themselves, uh, what, Guidos and Guidettes? Guidos. Yeah, yeah I, no, I really uh, have no comment about that show, and I really don't want to talk about it on this show. No, let's talk yeah. about something else. Let's talk about DominantGround.com. Yeah, hey, Dominant actually, Ground. David, did, did, did you know that uh, we have an MMA suck a t-shirt? I uh, saw that uh, on your Facebook this week. You've uh, well, updated not, your picture. It's not only on Facebook. I actually moseyed on over to the computer, typed in dominantground.com. Yep, dominantground.com. And on the front page is the iHeart MMA, MMA Suck a T-shirt. Yeah. You know what? If anybody, go to your dominantground.com right now. I just want to say something about them. Uh, they just brought on form. So if anybody knows the brand form, Take a look. Some sick, sick stuff. And, and that's form. F-O-R-M. Because I went to a few stores down in the States this past week, and I was like, yo, do you sell form hats? And they're like, no, we have Etnies and DC. We don't sell forum. So it's form. Yeah, it's form. Um, and uh, he's one of the exclusive people in Canada selling it. It's really good stuff. Take a look. But on the front page is our I Love MMA t-shirt. I heart MMA. Only 20 bucks, Canadian or American, I believe. Go to DominantGround.com and pick your shirt up because we're actually almost sold out. Uh, we did a lot of pre-sales uh, for them, and uh, we're almost sold out. So take a look at Dominant Ground. Get yourself one. It's a simple I heart MMA. So, David, get yourself one. <laughs> my Christmas list. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. You guys, big news out in Vancouver this week. Yep, I was just going to get to that, too. Um... UFC is uh, actually talking about, well, they've already booked a date at Rogers Arena. It looks like it could be June 11th, and uh, I keep wanting to call it GM Place, but it's now called Rogers Arena, and uh, they've booked a date for June 11th. They are still talking to Vancouver City Council, and leave it up to our City Council again to screw this shit up, but uh, it looks like it will be June 11th. Uh, so, David, maybe you'll be coming out this way in June. Oh, definitely. No, it's uh, it's one of the nice parts and perks of the job is when the UFC rolls into Canada, get a go to the show. So Montreal, Vancouver, looking forward to both of them. Yeah, it looks like it'll be, well, it's going to be Montreal in December, and that actually fight was just confirmed uh, this week as well, um, even though we've known about it for a while, but they actually just confirmed everything. Um, and then it, it's going to probably be Vancouver in June, hopefully. Um, any idea when you think Toronto will be? Do you think it will be the month before? Do you think it will be later? Do you have any sort of, you know, have you heard well, any? I've, yeah, I mean, earlier in the year there was uh, a report came out that uh, March was the likely time. Um, and I don't know, that seems 
It's possible. Uh, it really depends on uh, how fast the commissioner gets their stuff together. They just a couple weeks ago finally had John McCarthy out there doing his command certification uh, course for judges and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but uh, not so much just the UFC show out there that they have to be ready for. It's sort of the flood of uh, would-be promoters that are going to want to start setting up shop. Um, and so March, maybe a little later, we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. You know what? One thing about Ontario, and just hearing everything at Showdown, Joe has been saying as well, is that they're going about it the right way with you know the provincial sanctioning, but you know getting in all the right people, making sure that they have all their eyes uh, dotted and T's crossed and blah blah blah. But they're going about everything the right way, so I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't March. But you know, at the same time, how cool would it be to see uh, UFC in Toronto in May? And then UFC in Vancouver in June, kind of have a, a Canadian spring. Well, and, and the way Tom Wright talked about it, of doing you know upwards of four shows a year, um, because if they can do one in Vancouver, at least one, you know, maybe more in Montreal, like this year, um, mm-hmm. Toronto, then you've got Edmonton or Calgary, whichever venue works for them. Um, mm-hmm. Ottawa would be a great place, and then the fight night shows. You know, Canada's got so much potential, and. Uh, I guarantee the Canadian fans will sell out every single show for them. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can probably take those fight nights to, to the larger cities, but you could, you know, and reduce the ticket prices. But you can also take them to those, you know, not major cities, but some of those smaller cities as well. Well, well, all, all across. I mean, even uh, mm. um, you know, potentially Quebec City, Halifax, um, you know, even if they went to the interior of BC, uh, got an arena and went to Kelowna or something, you know. Um, yeah. Canadians are just uh, sick for um, MMA and the UFC in particular. Um, and, you know, you just look at the amount of time it took to sell out Montreal when they first went there. Vancouver tickets didn't even go on sale to the general public. Um, yeah. You know, it's just staying the love of uh, the sport here in this country. Okay, yeah, you know what? We're uh, just trying to get Raging Cajun here, and uh, when we do, we'll I'll let you know here. But, uh at the kind of talking about what you were saying about uh, scalpers, uh, that was a big problem here in Vancouver. Is it a big problem in, in was it a big problem in Montreal as well? I didn't notice it as much. I mean, Vancouver, it was crazy. The scalpers ended up buying all the tickets, and uh, whereas in past in the past shows in Montreal. Um, resale of tickets has been super easy for people that end up buying maybe four. They're going to sell I'll pay for two. Um, but uh, with the Vancouver show, Yo. there's no way you can Sorry, David. Sorry, David. We, uh, we got rich and Cajun for some reason. We just ended up calling out to you right in the middle of what David was saying. David, just continue Perfect. your thought on that, though. Uh, Rajan, thank you for joining us here, and we'll get to you in a sec. But, uh, David, just continue your thought here because I actually have a point to make. Well, yeah, no, I mean, even I had a couple of tickets extra to sell for the Vancouver show, and uh, the resale market was just flooded because all these scalpers go on there with their bots or however they manipulate the system and uh, scoop up all the tickets and just jack up the price for the fans that actually want to go see Okay, so I was actually one of those people, okay, and I wouldn't consider myself a scalper, but I did buy, you know, you buy tickets for you and a couple buddies, and then you buy a couple extra because, you know, you're going to sell those off and you can kind of pay for your night. I did that, yep. and I got royally screwed because there was no market for them because of how much people priced them up for. Even when I knocked the price down to cost, I still couldn't get a hit on those UFC tickets. And, and I actually had to sell them below cost for, uh, for the most part. 
Um, that's that's you know when people that's what sort of the side that people don't understand is when you have all these scalpers or all these people who are buying up all these tickets before they go and sell the general public, and then you know you know you spike up the price. It actually hurts everybody. So. Yeah, no, it uh, it was pretty terrible. I didn't care much for it. But uh, let's get to Raging Cajun here because this is a man I've been wondering where he's been at since last time I saw him at MS23. That was almost a year ago. Raging, where have you been at, buddy? <laughs> oh, man, I just had to I had to figure out my fight camp. I had to get all my trainers in line and stuff. And I just had a, a, a bunch of situations I had to deal with before I could go back in the ring and know that I was going to perform at 100%. Well, let's... Let's talk about sort of your little exploits that you've been doing, and, and we want to thank you first off at MMASucka.com, and I believe they were on MMACanada.net as well. Your diary of a fighter has been your first uh, your first entry has been uh, riveting, really. It's been a really great read. Um, you were just recently. Why don't you tell us where you were just recently, actually? Yeah, I was down in Vegas uh, training at Extreme Couture with a bunch of the pros down there. We got the invite to go down to the pro camp for a week, so we hit that up and. I was down training with like Martin Campman and Forrest Griffin, Tyson Griffin, Mike Pyle, like all these wicked, wicked guys, and it was good. It was great. We we had an awesome time. We trained at Drysdale's gym for a bit. Did some jits there. It was it was amazing. It was a real eye opener, and it was a really good experience. Uh, Cage, how did that how did that experience down there differ from your experience training up here in BC? Uh, it's just a whole nother level, you know what I mean? Like, when I go down there, like, up here, it's kind of like I've I've outgrown the scene here a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, I've got some really good training partners here, and they give me some really good goals, but, like, I've got a couple of really good jiu-jitsu guys, I've got a couple of good boxers, but there's nobody that kind of can beat me up everywhere, you know what I mean? And I go down there, and, like, people are taking me down and, like, beating me up on the ground, they're beating me up stand-up, it's... It's awesome. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, if you're if you're not getting beat up, like something's got to change. Because if you're always winning, then you're not going to be improving at the same rate. If you're getting if you're getting your butt kicked all over the place all the time, well, then you're going to be improving at a drastic rate. Which is what happened when I first moved down to Revolution, and I got was training with Calter Gill all the time, like Bibiana Fernandez, Pele Landy. Like we had a really sick team, and a lot of the people have retired. A lot of the people have have moved back to Brazil and left the country and we've I've kind of like right now it's kind of like me and Tyler Jackson we're just kind of like one on one in it all the time which is awesome like Tyler's an amazing training partner but I'm really used to his style of fighting now and I need to have like 10 Tyler Jacksons of all different sizes and shapes and fighting styles <laughs> you know what I mean so that's why it was really good to go down there and train with guys like Michael Chandler who's fighting in Bellator amazing wrestler, like Mike Pyle, like sick Jets game, really amazing off his back. Like they have a whole bunch of pro boxers too that like I haven't even sparred anybody like them. Like I, I can't even see their punches at all. Like, you know, like some, I'll spar with like Tony Pep and stuff like that and he's, he's wicked, like absolutely amazing and he's super, super fast but I can still see the shot that hits me. Like it still hits me but I see it coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. These guys... I don't even see it. <laughs> it's just like, what was that that just hit me? I have no idea. You know what I mean? It's sure. amazing, so, man. So, so of those fighters, you mentioned some pretty big names, Martin Kantman, Mike Pyle, uh, Tyson Griffin, Forrest Griffin. Of those guys, which which of the sparring sessions do you remember the most and which like stuck in your mind? Uh, the, the one that stuck in my mind the most would probably be uh, the session I had with 
um, Mike Pyle on on Tuesday because he, the guy that he's fighting Hathaway is a, is a lot like me. Like he's really rangy and long. He moves pretty well. So as soon as I got there, he's like, "Oh, can we do the first four rounds together? Like just me and you?" I'm like, "Okay, great." <laughs> I'm fighting this little short guy and I'm sparring this massive dude. But it was awesome. Like guy just beat me up all over the place. Like I couldn't take him down. He was getting me down. Uh, I was landing some standing up. Uh, I had him in triangle trouble a couple times, but guy's just like super wicked, man. He just he just beat the crap out of me for four rounds straight. So that was a real eye opener. And then when I went to Drysdale gym, Drysdale's gym, uh, uh, Robert Drysdale, I was talking to him, and he said he swears that Mike Pyle is all pound for pound the best guy in Vegas. So that's pretty good for me to know that I can be in there and actually be competitive with the pound-for-pound best guy in Vegas as far as a guy like Robert Drysdale is concerned. And he's a a pretty good gauge of uh, who's good and who's not, right? The guy's a wizard. So it was good. It was amazing. How ready ready do you think Pyle is for Hathaway next weekend? I think Pyle's going to smash Hathaway in two rounds. I say subs him with some crazy weird arm lock probably set up with the Kimura. He set up this this weird arm lock off this Kimura, like, he did it to me, like, five times. I, 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 and I try to defend it different ways every single time, and he just has other answers for it, you know what I mean? You end up going back to triangle, then back to arm lock, then Uma Plata, then arm lock again, and finishing on, like, a wrist lock, you know what I mean? Like, no matter what you do, he's got an answer. So, I, I think, like, I didn't think his, his stand-up was all that great, but he was landing on me all the time, like, Kept landing his right hand. His right hand's super dangerous, and it's really hard, too. I didn't think he hit that hard, but he hits, man. I, I think Hathaway's in trouble, dude, for real. So was heading down there. Was this all part of uh, getting ready for uh, your fight coming up on November 12th? Yeah, definitely. Like, we know, I, I've known that I had, to, I had to change stuff up. Like, I'm not happy with the results that I've had lately, like, not even just the loss that, that I'm coming off of, but the fights, the fight before that, I don't think that I performed at the level that I could perform at. And that's just because I'm not, I'm not training with guys that are, that are able to push me like I need to be pushed. You know what I mean? And if I'm training with a guy that's a little bit maybe scared of me or something, scared to get kicked in the head or something, and he's not really pushing me, I'll have a tendency to get lazy and just, like, kind of walk around and pick him apart with my jab and just, like... It's, and not put that constant pressure on. But when I go down there, like, I don't have a choice, man. i got to fight. Like, you got to be on the guys constantly. Otherwise, you're just going to get done. So me going down there was was 100% just to, to train for this new fight with uh, Orestes Betran and make sure that I'm in peak physical condition and that my mind's ready to go. Would you... I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. It kind of sounds to me like you're being a bit hard on yourself. You know, you went on quite a run from 2008, you know, all the way uh, through just up to the end of 2009. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think of that fight at Heat XC you're talking about against Josh Russell, where, uh, you know, you say you weren't performing up to snuff. Where and you looked really good. You won the fight. Um, and even when you, you lost to Ryan Mahan, you were winning right up to there until you got kind of concussed or knocked out by uh, him dropping you on your head. Um, where do you yeah. see the weak points in your game these days? Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that there was a whole bunch of mistakes that I was making in those fights. It was more just uh, the energy that I was pushing the person with. Like, 
I wasn't I wasn't pushing quite as hard as I should push people. Like I know the worst people for me to fight aren't the most technical guys, aren't like the guy that has the harsh knockout power. It's the pe- I, the people that I call pressure fighters, and that's people like Steve Claveau who just don't care and they're just in your face all the time, grinding, 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 grind. Those guys are the hardest for me to fight. So. I try to emulate that style and put a whole bunch of technique behind it and still bring that energy. And I don't believe that in those fights I was, I was, I, I, that I had that same push and that same energy that I had when I was fighting guys, when I fought for, for XMMA and I won the title and then defended the belt against Steve Clavaugh. That wasn't the same energy that I was fighting with. You know what I mean? So, like, I am my hardest critic and I, I hold myself to a higher standard because I don't, I don't want to be, a journeyman. I don't want to be just a Canadian champion. I don't want to be just the best guy in Canada. I want to be the best pound for pound fighter in the world ever. And that's my goal. And that's my ultimate goal. So in order to do that, I have to do things different than everybody. I have to do things better than everybody. I got to be working harder than everybody. I got to be pushing harder than everybody. And I got to be thinking faster than everybody. So of course I have to hold my, myself to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I just... go ahead, David. Well, yeah, I'm even wondering, because you've taken, it's going to be just shy of a year off here. Um, is this uh, going to be the dawn of a more active stint for you, or are you planning on coming back and fighting for a while now that you've had a, a time, quite a bit of time off? Oh, yeah. I, like, I'm already, like, I, I'm going to call Pavlich on Monday and see what his next show is, you know what I mean? I want to, after this fight, I want to fight again in six to eight weeks and just keep banging them out every, like, every eight weeks. If I could fight every eight weeks, that would be perfect for me, because... Judging, just even looking at my career, if you see when I go on a run, it's usually when I'm fighting all the time. If I take a whole bunch of time off, generally speaking, I don't do quite as well when I come back. But when I'm really putting them together and fighting all the time, then I know I'm at my best. Yeah, so so sort of just moving away from, from that fight, and I guess it is tied in with uh, your fight in November. I noticed on your Facebook today that you've signed a one-fight deal with Ken Pavia's uh, MMA agents. Uh, explain a little bit about that. Well, so since we're on TV this time, uh, we want to bring in some, some big sponsors, and it's really hard to get these big-name sponsors like uh, Full Tilt Poker and and guys like that to, to give you big numbers unless you're with uh, a big agent. They just won't even take your call. So we had to we had to sign with Pavia to to try to get these guys on board and to get me some real money so I can actually do this and make a living at it cuz at this stage of my life if I'm not if I'm not able to make a living at this I'm going to have to kind of go into teaching and open a gym or something cuz I need money man I got to feed my I got to feed my family I got I got to live <laughs> you know what I mean I, yeah. I I'm not I'm not down with being that typical stereotypical broke fighter anymore I uh, I'm sick of it I've done it for a long time and I'm over it, man. I want money, so I guess sort of I'm, like the last time you were there. talking. The last time you were talking about uh, with Ryan Ford about him getting an Escalade, you want you want one of those too. Well, yeah, I want something. I'm, somebody needs to be giving giving me a car right now. <laughs> like I'm all, and I'm and I'm I'm already on top of that. You know what I mean? Like I've been talking to some guys, and and some things are coming through already. So we'll see what we can do. Maybe I might end up in that new Scion TC, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what I get. Explain a little how you came into contact with Ken Pavia. Like, how did you how did you find out about MMA agents and and did you did you phone them up yourself or did did Pavlich put you in contact with them? 
No, actually, uh, it was Bill Mahood, my manager's idea, actually, and that's that goes to show how good of a manager he is and how good of a coach he's been through my whole life. Because this guy, like, he's absolutely no ego. If he can't get it done, he'll go to whoever can. You know what I mean? Like he he called full tilt poker. He he tried to he tried to get a hold of him. It wasn't working. So he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna bring in Ken Pavia and and we'll see what he wants to do. And Bill still tries to go get me sponsorship, and if Bill gets it, then I give him the commission. If if Pavia gets it, I'll give him the commission. If I get it, then I I take it all for myself. You know what I mean? So that's who got me in touch with him. I was actually talking to him uh, maybe a year ago about management and stuff like that. But since I wasn't on TV, he wasn't really interested. You know what I mean? Unless you're on TV, you're not going to be getting this, this the big sponsors to to put their name on your back. So. It's not really worth it to him unless you're getting that live TV coverage that HDNet's providing. Excellent, Ragin. We're we're running short of time, and it's it's Thanksgiving weekend, and we want to let you go here. Um, just before you go, no you went to this, you went to Las Vegas. You trained. You got your upcoming fight coming in November here. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna go do the Vegas thing again for your next fight? Is this you gonna try to make this a reoccurring thing or? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to spend as much time in Vegas as I possibly can. And the more sponsorship I'm able to get, the better. Like um my buddy Pat Nadeau at at Gold's Gym Burnaby helped us out with this one. He helped us out with like plane tickets and and uh accommodation and a rental car. So that was amazing. That's pretty much the reason that we were able to go. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to afford it cuz I got to work and and pay the bills too, right? So just taking time off work is hard for me. But if I'm able to do good on this fight and MMA agents come through with some big sponsorship dollars, then for sure I'm going right back to Vegas and I'll be able to spend maybe two, three weeks there this time. And then after the next fight, maybe I'll be able to spend six weeks and eventually I'll be doing my whole camp in Vegas and I'm going to be fighting out of that gym. Eventually what I'm looking at is going to be being an extreme couture fighter. That's what I want to be. Wow. So you, you've obviously uh, come away with a very good taste in your mouth and a, and a really good positive experience that you actually want to live there and train there. Uh, I'd love to live there, but unfortunately, my girl is based here and uh, and and her career is based here. And I love that girl to death. I would ne- I I could never leave her. It would just it would rip my heart out. So what I'm gonna have to do is just be going down for camps, coming back, going down for camps. And if I'm away for six to eight weeks at a time, that's okay, right? But I I don't think I could just like up and leave completely. Yeah. So as Ariane Celeste just said uh, when we had her on here just a little while ago, you're happy. What was that? We're happy? You're happy. You're a happy guy right now. Oh, yeah. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Loving life. And we we love having you on, and we really appreciate it. We're going to definitely get you on again before your fight. Uh, You're one of our favorites, and uh, we wish you all the luck. All right, man. You guys are my favorite, too, man. Keep shouting out. Much love, baby. All right. Thank you. That was Ragin' Cajun Johnson. Again, he's fighting November 12th at MSC. And, uh, David, you're obviously going to be at that MSC fight. Yeah, I know. That's going to be a huge one. Uh, MSC is finally going to have some belts on the line again. Um, uh, Jesse Juarez against Doug Lima for their welterweight title. So, uh, yeah, it'll be an exciting night of fight. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And uh, you know, we uh, we brought you sort of away from uh, your your Thanksgiving dinner. We really appreciate having you on. So I'm gonna actually uh, let you go and get back at it. 
Hey, and just before I do go, uh, he uh, mm-hmm. mentioned uh, Martin Campman. Uh, just wanted to yep. throw a shout out. Martin Campman's actually going to be uh, in Edmonton uh, doing a three-day MMA seminar coming up uh, November 19th with Vanderlei Silva, Amir Sadala, and Jason McDonald. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. 300 bucks for three days. Uh, you got to watch the UFC with the guys, train with them for three days. Uh, all sorts of other activities around it. So check out KamikazePunishment.com or MMACan.net. And uh, Combat Capture, always helping us out and uh, appreciate it. So shout out to them. Yeah, so again, that's in Edmonton. And what's the date of that? Uh, that's November 19th. Um, yeah. Second, second event Kamikaze Punishments uh, put on, and they bring in uh, four UFC fighters. It's really great. First-class operation was out to it last time, and uh, highly recommend it for any fan or fighter that wants to learn some new things, learn something from scratch. Um, it's just a really great experience. Awesome. We'll, we'll make that your shout-out because you hate doing shout-outs, so that was your shout-out. <laughs> David Stanford, MMACanada.net. Make sure you check out their website. They have great, great content. David, thank you for joining us today, man. Hey, thanks for having me. You guys have a happy Thanksgiving. You too, sir. You too. All right, so here we are, and uh, we're going to wrap this show up pretty quick, but I just want to i want to do a couple shout-outs as well here with Jeremy. We're really excited about a couple things. One uh, is uh, a sponsor that we just uh, brought on, and uh, you'll see them on our website quite shortly, and uh, we'll be running commercials on this show as well for them, and, and among other uh, commercials, which we are currently recording. Um, Clinch, Clinch Mouth Guards. Uh, they are now involved here with MMA Sucker Radio and MMA Sucker dot com. We're really excited, really excited to have them on, and uh, I recommend that you um, you go to their site now. Just because you're, you if, you may not be competing in MMA, but if you are, I'd highly recommend uh, getting a custom mouth guard. But if you're in any sport like football, especially hockey, anything like that, these guys can do up a really nice custom-made mouth guard for you. So if you go to clinchguards.com, that's www.clinchguards.com. Clinch is spelled K-L-E-N-C-H, by the way, not C, but K-L-E-N-C-H. Clinchguards.com. Uh, check out their site. They've got uh, sports guards. They've got smile gear. Uh, they got things. If you're in roller derby, they've got a mouth guard for you. Anything you need a mouth guard for, they'll do it up. So we want to thank them for joining the MMA Sucka family. And uh, we've got more announcements coming as well next week. Um, one announcement I'm going to make, actually, is next week we're going to have a special AFC Armageddon Fighting Championships 4 show. We're going to have a couple special guests on to talk about that. That's happening in Victoria on November 6th. And uh, we're going to be giving away two tickets to that show. So two tickets to Armageddon Fighting Championships. So am, I, am I right about that, producer You're Jeremy? Right. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So someone's going to be able to go to see the show for free. So all we will give you more information if you go to our Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com/slash MMA Sucker. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Uh, we will update you on how you can win those two tickets to AFC. So next week, AFC show. Uh, we hope you're listening. And uh, any other shout-outs? Yeah, like, I, I think we should shout-out Rainful Contact. Oh, absolutely. How did I forget that? Exactly. Command, they had, Conquer. They, yeah, Rain. Rain. Command, Conquer, Rain, Rainful Contact. They actually had some interesting stuff up uh, on their Facebook page this week that kind of uh, got some attention. What was that? 
They have some some new gear that came out. Yeah. I believe, yeah, they got some white gloves. Yeah, some 10-ounce, 16-ounce uh, gloves. They're really sweet. Selling super quick, so if you want them, check out DominantGround.com. DominantGround.com or uh, RainFullContact.com uh, as well. They also got some new uh, Thai shin pads in, but uh, unfortunately they sold out the day they were brought in. Yeah, you guys got to get on top of this rain. They are doing some serious, serious things. They're a local uh, Victoria company, but they are selling everywhere right now. Uh, they're really one of the hottest, uh, uh, one of the hottest MMA companies uh, out there in North America right now. They're growing very, very fast, and uh, now is the time to start looking at their stuff. RainfulContact.com. For sure. Finally, I'd just like to thank uh, Raw Academy for giving us the space that we use today. Raw Academy uh, is located in Vancouver. It's got 40 by 40 mat space, two boxing rings, a juice bar, a weight room. Come down if you want to learn the four disciplines of Muay Thai, wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and boxing. That's it. Yeah, no, that's it. And uh, thank you for listening. Everybody in Canada, uh, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Everybody in the United States, keep on listening. Keep it uh, locked here on MMA Sucker Radio. Again, next week is going to be our AFC show. So other than that, we are out. Thank you for listening, everybody, and thank you for your support.